the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the Connacht Announced New Coach Edition. Um, I've got William and Davis on the line. Good evening, Alan. How are you? I'm good, William. Excited to hear about our new coach. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read out the, the email that Connacht have sent out about our new coach and then we'll, we'll have a quick chat. So Connacht have sent out an email on quoting, We are delighted to announce that our new head coach, Andy Friend, will arrive in Galway in late June in time to oversee pre-season training for the 2018-19 season. He has an extensive coaching experience at both club and international level and some of his his key roles included assistant coach for the New South Wales Waratahs and the Brumbies, head coach for the English Premiership side Harlequins for three seasons, head coach for Super Rugby side Brumbies for two seasons, member of Eddie Jones Wallabies coaching team for the Tri-Nation Series in 2002 and the World Cup the following year in 2003 and he was also just finished being head coach of the Australian Sevens team so a lot of head coach experience William yeah that that's uh, what you'd be you'd be taking out of that a bit um, I've had a good long look at his at his CV uh, that we put together here um, it doesn't immediately jump out at you um, as someone that we might have heard a lot about and there are some gaps in there but he has coached outside of the southern hemisphere obviously at harlequins and he's had some super rugby experience and there is some recent coaching in japan and that's that's hard for me to quantify i i, I can't really say i i it, personally i don't think that's at the same level as he's expected to coach now no. uh, I, I just I, I just don't think it is and sevens is something that i have not a lot of knowledge of and not a lot of regard of and i accept that people might judge me on that and say that i'm that that's not the right attitude to have to it but i i just can't take it seriously i'm sorry and that's a personal opinion um but the head coaching experience, I think, is important, and I think it's also crucial that he's going to be here in the start of preseason. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely vital. Um, I think this will be the first time in three seasons that Connacht will have a head coach in place with everybody available at the start of the preseason, excluding, of course, the, the three lads who've gone to who've got the the pick for the Ireland squad. But we'll talk about that later. One of the, yeah one of the interesting things we just just realised looking at the Harlequins when he was at Harlequins, he was there in two thousand and six two thousand and seven they'd just been promoted he was he, he he brought them up as the head coach with Dean Richards as his director of rugby, from the, from the championship up to the, Premiership and in two thousand and six to seven, um, Harlequins played against Connacht in the, Challenge Cup and he would have been the head coach at the time and, Harlequins had two wins. First game of the season of the in the Challenge Cup, they came to Galway and squeaked the win. Um, so he's actually been to Connacht before and he's been to the sports ground, but I think it might be slightly different now to when he was here. Well, there'll be a smaller crowd, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> and it would have been slightly uh, grimmer over on the clan side of the ground. Um, there wouldn't have been there wouldn't have been a clan terrace. There was a, there was a small terrace, um, but it was a pretty basic. It's still a pretty basic ground, but it would have been very basic then. Um, just for interest's sake, re- read out that Connacht team that played against them. It'll it'll bring back memories for a few people. It's 
it's amazing the names you remember and the names you forget because you read it out to me a little while ago. Yeah, yeah, Connacht lost 18-19 um, with, with Roman Poit as the referee at the time back in October 2006. And the Connacht team was Danny Reardon, Matt Mostyn, John Harty, who scored a try, Gavin Williams, Darren Yap, Paul Warwick, who was the captain and scored a conversion and two penalties, Chris Keane, Ray Hogan, Adrian Flavin, Brett Sturgis, Dave Gannon, Andrew Farley, and the, the ever-reliable John Muldoon, Ray Ofisa, and Colm Rigney. And then on the bench you had John Fogarty, Brett Wilkinson, Michael Swift, Brendan O'Connor, Tom Tierney, Keith Matthews, and Ted Robinson. So, but yeah, so he's been here. He know he'll 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 have seen the sports ground. I'm not yeah. sure too many people realise that. Uh, absolutely. Whether he remembers it or not is another issue. But uh, <laughs> um, and the fact that that, uh, that John Muldoon was played, I've just come to the conclusion actually John Muldoon played every single game that Connacht have ever played. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I was sort of expecting his name to pop up before he started reading it out, so I wasn't wrong. Absolutely. Um, yeah, look, that was a, that was a different time for Connacht. It was a different time for Harlequins as well. They were they were just. Um, settling into something different they, they'd had a season down in, in in the championship i think they won 25 out of 26 when they came back up yeah um they sort of came up as a very powerful unit and they've, they've remained obviously in the premiership ever since um, yeah so like that, that year that, that that second year the first year in the premiership they finished seventh with with 10 wins and 12 losses but they had six losing bonus points then the following year they finished sixth with 12 wins and 10 losses but they had eight losing bonus points like this was a seriously good side, and I've been reading articles about when he left, and the Harlequins weren't happy. They really weren't happy that they were losing such a good coach. Um, and it was the year before Bloodgate, so <laughs> we won't talk about that. Well, it was maybe a good time. He was probably just as well that he wasn't around when when that happened. Um, exactly, yeah, because he got the, basically he got the head coach job in the Brumbies. It's it's understandable that he that he they wanted to go back to Australian rugby at at that stage, and. Um, Look, his record down there wasn't. Uh, they finished seventh in two thousand and nine. They finished sixth in two thousand and ten. That's when it was the Super Fifteen. Um, two thousand and eleven. Really. Well, well, he got sacked yeah, after two day two games in two thousand eleven. I know I, I put the record up for showing that they won four, drew one, and lost eleven. But actually, that was the year that they they they, they sacked him through player power. Yeah, and it's it's it's, it's interesting that Rocky Elsom, who uh, was a Leinster stalwart um around that time but obviously was 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 back at the 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 brumbies then he seems to have led this issue um yes according to the australian newspaper just so that we you know we do have facts on that the australian newspaper were were reporting this back in 2010 so this is not something we're pulling out of the air here yeah and that's um look that, that that happened um but it must have been a slightly bitter situation for him because he had left the job at Harlequins who were at that stage making making strides. Mm. And after that, he, he went to Japan. And that's, that's probably... My slight concern would be that there's a big gap between that situation in the Brumbies and now. And the Japanese interlude, if you want to call that, is really hard to quantify. The record is not spectacular um, for the teams that were down there. Um, the Cannon Eagles and the Sun Tory... Sun Goliath. Goliath yeah. Um, obviously, they're sponsored by major companies, uh, which means there's quite a lot of money around Japanese rugby. But I think his, we have to take uh, cognizance of his experience. He, 
Northern Hemisphere rugby will not be a surprise to him. Yeah. He will be fully aware that you play a lot of games. Uh, I mean, Connacht's minimum number of games next season is 27. And you play in nice conditions. If you were playing today, if he came to Galway today, it's a lovely day. You also play in appalling conditions, and that can happen anywhere. So he, he has that knowledge base behind him. He's coached outside of his, his own hemisphere, and he has head coaching experience. And I think the key to this now is that he molds into the coaching team but that he has to be the leader of that. And I think that was possibly what was missing at times last season uh, under Kieran Kane, that there was a that he has to grab this role from the start and make it his own and win games. I, I it really comes to, for me it comes down to winning games. Yes. Uh, Comic didn't win enough games last season. They only won seven games in the Pro 14. If you want to be competitive in that conference, you need to be around 14 wins. If you can get to there, you're you're close to being in a position to do things at this stage of the season. And they've got to be more consistent, and they've got to be more clinical in games that they have chances to win. Now, there was a lot of tight games last year that slipped away. Yeah. They've got to turn that over, and they've also got to make the sports ground a place where teams don't want to come. They have 11 home games next season, 10 away games, and they want a situation that teams are coming to the sports ground and thinking, if we're going to get something out of here, it's going to have to be really, really hard work for us. Uh, and They want to make a bit of a fear factor. That's championship season. That's what Connacht did. They won 10 out of 11 at home, and they turned the place into a fortress. They did, and you know the funny thing is we, we complain about that home record, but last season winning six was the second best we've ever done. You know we'd we'd won six before the, the year before we won six the year before we won the championship, and then way back in two thousand and ten two thousand and eleven we'd won six at home. So yeah, it it was actually a winning record at home, even though it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> um, but just going back to the to to the announcement, I've just checked something here. It it, it sort of. I um, wanted to double check it. When Kieran Kane was announced on the Connacht site, it was announced that you know by Willie O'Reilly they told us all about him, and then Kieran Kane had his say. On today's announcement on the site, you're looking at CEO Willie Rowan says his bit, um, Andy Friend has his bit, but then you've also got David Nusafora talking about this is a really important signing for you know he's a, he's an experienced head coach. He's the head coach, but again. With insight into both Northern and Southern Hemisphere club rugby, so like it's it's very interesting that the IRFU have had an awful lot to do with this by the looks of it. Yeah, look, he, he's 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 coached with David Nusifora, uh, his assistant coach at the Brumbies, alongside him a long time ago, back maybe in two thousand early two thousands. But I think what has to be understood is that the four provinces operate independently. But they also operate as part of a Team Ireland setup, uh, where everything feeds into the Irish national side under Joe Schmidt, and the coaches that are that are appointed have to meet the standards that that they're looking for. Um, and John O'Gibbs was brought back to Ulster because I think the IRFU wanted to bring him into the Ireland setup again. They wanted him back here because um, it worked with him you know, at, at Leinster, and. 
I think sometimes it's it, that maybe isn't quite as obvious to people um, because it's not discussed and it's not visible. But I think what the uh, the coaches have to do at each of the provinces is drive those teams on, but they also have to provide information and background for the Ireland structure, whether it's Joe Schmidt or the, or the coaches that work under him. So it, it's quite a... Uh, a complex setup, so it doesn't surprise me today that the IRFU is, is included in the statement. Now they weren't included in the statement last year, so mm. maybe there's a slight nuance there. Perhaps I I don't know. Uh, have have they said to Connacht, this is the guy um, you're getting? Yeah, because uh, I, I believe he, you know, the Irish Times are reporting that that um, he did a really good interview up in Ulster. Um and and you know as you mentioned he's he's coached with New Sephora and he also has the he has the he was forced you know friend was forced out of the Brumbies I think we've mentioned that already um by the players and and it turns out that New Sephora had a similar problem back in two thousand and four although he did manage to go and win the Super Rugby with them that season um and the friend didn't get the opportunity he was pushed out too soon. Um, so there definitely is connections between Andy Friend and New Sephora. So you know you'd wonder how much that played into it as well. Yeah, it certainly would. I I I I've uh, from a source that I consider very strong in in uh, Ulster. Yes, he did very well, but they they felt he wasn't a high enough profile uh, coach mm. to be to to get the job. Um, Dan McFarland, in some ways. He's high profile to us because obviously he coached and played at Connacht. Mm. Uh, but he's coming now from international rugby. Yeah. And it's a very complex situation in Ulster. There's a lot of problems to be sorted out. Um, so I hope uh, Andy Friend doesn't see this as a sort of a second option. I, I think uh, his credentials and some of the stuff that's been said today, particularly in regard to... Um, uh, community stuff I think is important because Connacht Connacht, all, Connacht are slightly different yeah. um, to the other three provinces rugby exists in a different sort of a world here uh, that was something that Pat Lamb grabbed it's something that Kieran Kane didn't appear to engage with and his main focus any coach's main focus is the team and winning and playing well and playing consistently but it's 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 an interesting choice, and maybe the IRFU have taken more charge of it here. They've they've had a lot of work to do. They've had a lot of issues in Munster because Anthony Foley was was stepped down from being head coach, and Razi Erasmus was brought in, and unfortunately, sadly, Anthony Foley passed away, and that was a difficult time down there. Then Razi Erasmus left, so it's 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 nothing ever stands still. No. Um, in, in any in any sphere of sport, you read out that team there that um, played against Harlequins many moons ago, and I mean some of those names are were very vaguely remembered. <laughs> it's, it's a constantly evolving thing, and the the key the the key I think for Connacht is that Andy Friend leads the coaching team forward, and I think for Ireland is that he provides. Um, the information that they want and require so that they can see players coming through 
Um, and I think, players, and, I, and I think for the fans that he he acknowledges they exist, and that that you know he acknowledges the fact that Connacht isn't just the team that plays in the sports ground; it's a team that represents the five counties, as Pat you know alluded to, and got the, the players all playing for. Let's hope. And and you know Andy Friend to quote him today says I look forward to meeting players, staff, supporters, and the wider community when I arrive in the sports ground ahead of the new season. So like, I think he's hopefully picked that up straight away. So which is a good thing. Absolutely, and uh, look, we wish him well. It's it's the start of another adventure. Um, it'll be a few weeks before he gets down to business, but it won't be long before we're all back up there again, uh, probably in August for a couple of warm up matches and. Then the season starts rolling on very and this quickly. One, and, and this one hasn't even finished yet. Because <laughs> we've got a final at the weekend, a cracking final for the Pro 14 with Leinster taking on, on Scarlet. Yeah, it's funny. Quite a lot's happened in Connacht rugby <laughs> since the end of the season. Um, I suppose because Connacht didn't get into the May part of the season. Yeah. Uh, the season ends with a bit of a bang in April and some teams six teams get to go and play some more rugby and everybody else gets to go on holidays or extra training or change clubs or whatever it is they have to do mm. and yeah there's been some interesting stuff um i was very disappointed with the the cheetahs performance i expected a lot more from them in their playoff game at uh, mm. at, at selectly uh, or the scarlets as i'm supposed to call them now which i, I I really don't like these names, but I'm doing my best. Um, and then the Senegalese Scarlets went to Glasgow um, and gave them a, a tonking, um, which you know it's it just shows how tough it is because you know Glasgow had had a phenomenal season in Pro 14 rugby. Yeah, uh, they didn't have a good time in Europe. Dave Rennie, who obviously was um, closely connected with with Kieran Kane when they were in. New Zealand, he was, I think, quite dismayed by that performance. Um, interesting point about it. The Scarlets are absolutely fuming about the damage their players got on that artificial surface. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, I don't think that's going to go away. Um, a lot of players with very severe skin abrasions, and a lot of them apparently this week have struggled to train. And it's, it's one of the downsides of these pitches. Um, so we'll, we'll watch that space. But fascinating game on Saturday you know, Leinster, European champions, they ground out a win there. They turn up the following week. They're, let's be honest, they are missing some key players, but they grind out another win against Munster. Mm. Seventh semi-final loss in a row, I think, for Munster there. They must be fed up with that. Um, so Peter, Peter O'Mahony interviewed afterwards, honest as ever, yeah. saying, you know, they're sick of it. They've got to get beyond this. There's it makes he he made the point that lo it doesn't make any difference. You only lose by one point, you've still lost. Sem semi final is probably the worst place to lose. I know. Yeah. At least if you get to a final, you think you have a cut of it. Fascinating game Saturday. Really looking forward to it. Um, Leinster apparently eleven point favourites to the bookies. I I can't see that. Uh, I'd have to have a little look at that. I think. Yeah, uh, I'll be. I, know I think they're they're 15, uh, thirteen to five. Scarlets are to win it. You know, when you consider they, you know, okay, they 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 were fairly well beaten in the. European game a couple of weeks back but last season in the semi-final they fairly tonked Leinster and then went down and tonked Munster in the final so they've got some history doing this doing it properly yeah it's just it's just one of those ones and I mean Viva Premiership finals also on Saturday uh Scar uh Scar uh, it's got that on the brain uh Saracens against Exeter um 
that could be another absolute shootout game. They, they both of those sides seem now to have gone into this uh, go from anywhere mode. Yeah. Uh, very interesting about these English sides. When we interviewed Johnny O'Connor back earlier on in the season, he made a point. I asked him what was one of the differences between the rugby that we play here in uh, you know Pro 14, mm. for, for want of a better word, and, and England. And he said the English sides are better, in his view, at timing their runs and turning it on when you have to. Um, and that's what seems to have happened over there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to both of those games. Um, and then for Connacht fans on Sunday, there's some players we could keep an eye on because the Barbarians take on England and Twickenham in their annual fixture and there's three Connacht players involved. With well, hopefully they'll be playing. They're in the squad. Hopefully we'll, we'll see them on the field. Nia Adialokan um, in the backs and you've got Alton Delan and Dennis Buckley in the forwards. Absolutely, and, and obviously, you know, Pat Lamb is, is the is the coach uh, for that game. And, you know, the Barbarians games usually have a sort of um, uh, a festival feel to them, but this is a serious game. Uh, it's always played in a pretty serious manner. England had a rotten Six Nations. Um, there's a lot of pressure on Eddie Jones. They're going to South Africa for their summer tour. Um and there'll be fringe players and players who've, who've played in the Premiership final won't be available. So that'll be a serious game of rugby. Delighted for the three Connacht lads. Uh, it's a great opportunity. It's a big honour to play for the Barbarians. Uh, John Muldoon spoke very eloquently about it when we met him in, uh, in Limerick after their, their match uh, against uh, Tonga earlier on this year um, because a lot of players don't get to play for them. Uh, they're an invitation side. They play three, four games a season now. They used to play a bit more. And uh, big stage, uh, delighted for Dennis Buckley um, because he hasn't perhaps had the recognition he deserves. Uh, there'll be a big crowd there, and again, just more rugby to watch. It's yeah, and, and unfortunately, really poor Bundy, poor Bundy didn't get a chance to captain them because he's he's he rolled an ankle in training. Yeah, that's that's horrible um, for him. But I suppose with Ireland going to Australia, he he had to be cautious he couldn't turn he wouldn't want to turn up for, for Ireland camp and uh with, with having worsened any potential injury so he's had to step away from that um but I suppose look Ireland uh going to Australia is very serious summer tour as well sometimes they they get a little bit lost in June but the one before the World Cup is very important oh, I think so and if, if you look at a squad that that been picked that's that's almost as strong a squad as he can put out there um with three Connacht players still involved um and that that Kieran Marmion joins Bundy as 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 does Quinn Rue so it's great to see Connacht players involved there too absolutely and you get the feeling a lot of that's it's getting close to your World Cup squad um mm. I know he, I know Ian Henderson is injured so maybe Quinn Rue's got his place and stuff but you you want to be on this tour this time next year, there'll be no summer tour. There'll be the start of the World Cup camps. And it, it's all part of this build-up to Japan 2019. And we know how detailed the approach is by, by Joe Schmidt. So anybody who's on this tour is there for, for a specific reason. And I'm also delighted to see John Cooney there. I think he's had a great season at Ulster. Yeah. Um, he... He didn't maybe get enough chances at Connacht. 
he also had some injury problems here. He's been player of the season up there. So it's yeah, look, it's interesting and it's um it's important. They they want to go down there and make a statement in the Southern Hemisphere. They they missed up two years ago when they went to South Africa. They didn't maybe seize that opportunity. They they want to seize it when they're down there now and it's it's just great to see Connacht players involved. It certainly is. Uh, but unfortunately for our under twenties, which is the last set of rugby we'll be seeing this in in this season, the under twenties that head to France for the Rugby World Cup won't have any Irish player, any Connacht players, because um, poor Sean Masterson hurt himself, and and he was our only representative during the Six Nations. Yeah, that, that that's a slight concern. It's not an ideal scenario. I appreciate these sides come round in cycles fairly quickly, because um, you only play at this age level for a very short time, and you only they play this uh, World Cup. I think I think they play it every year. They play it every June. Yeah. But you would like to see some Connacht representation there. Sean Masterson has missed out. Um, hopefully he'll kick on and, and, and get himself involved more seriously with, with the main Connacht team uh, next season. And hopefully there are players there who will, will seize that opportunity in the future. But it's, it, is, it is a little bit concerning. It's an interesting tournament. And you do see players there. That's, it, it's an interesting one. You see players there who, who we, we do see again. And you also see players who, that's the level as far as they ever get. But it's still a big honour to go and play for your country. So um, that'll be on television as well somewhere. So in between that and the World Cup in Russia and all the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of sport. I, Plenty of sport to watch. Yeah, I'll have, I'll, have to, I'll have to try to get outside and actually get some fresh air. At some yeah. <laughs> okay, well, as we, we're, we're looking forward to a, a new season of rugby next year with, with our new coach so um, all the best to Andy Friend we're looking forward to meeting him um, and, and talking about his philosophy and um, seeing what he, he plans to do at Connacht and how he's going to bring us on so it's all good news so get up and go let's, let's take a break and enjoy our summer so thanks very much William thanks Alan talk to you soon cheers bye bye <laughs>